Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at Whit Riverside. Good morning. It's great to be with you this morning. This morning we're going to be continuing our series looking at faith. So last week, um, Keely talked about a faith that frees, and we're going to continue on from there, looking at faith in the silence. During lockdown, lockdown number one, that is, uh, I had a routine with my friends from Bible college. Every evening at 10pm, quite religiously, actually, we would all be in front of our TV with our controller in hand, a console turned on and our headsets plugged in and all talking to each other whilst playing a game together on our console. It was every evening, 10pm till midnight. We would do this every day. Apart from one evening when dinner ran late. And whilst I was eating dinner, I realised I wasn't going to be ready at 10 o'clock to play with my mates. The problem with this is that I realised, because I wasn't going to be on until half past ten, half an hour later than when we would normally meet, that they had time to plan their response to, to me being late. This was very serious stuff. I knew there was going to be a response. And they had time to plan their response to me being late. And I knew they'd do something. But when I switched on, plugged my headset in, got on the game and joined them in their game, I started speaking to them. Hey guys, how are you doing? No response. And then we get into the game and I'm looking for help for strategy as it's a game where we work together. And again, no help. I was getting no response. They were giving me the silent treatment. I had no information, I had no communication about what's going on and it felt like it was a one-way relationship. And I know what you're probably thinking, you're probably thinking, isn't it only really small kids that give people the silent treatment? Well, yes, is my answer. I mean, to be fair, we were all playing a console game together with our headsets in chatting to each other. So we were basically little kids. But when I think of the silent treatment, I think of school. Back in primary school, when if someone didn't like something you said, or if you really annoyed someone, they would give you the silent treatment. And when you got given the silent treatment, you felt like you were a bit on your own. No one was speaking to you. You'd speak to someone and get nothing back. This morning, I want to look at how we can have faith, what our faith looks like when it feels like God is giving us the silent treatment. How can we have faith in seasons where we think he isn't talking to us? And when you're in this place, when you're in this place where it feels like God isn't speaking to you, you tend to hear more often people talk about them hearing from God 
You hear stories of God speaking to loads of people. Every time you open a book, it talks about God speaking to people. Every sermon seems to be about responding to what God says to us. And people start to ask you questions like, what's God saying to you at the moment? And you realise that the truth, your truthful answer to that is, I have absolutely no clue. He simply doesn't seem to be speaking to me. And we're going to look together this morning at how we can have faith in a relational, conversational God when our interaction with him feels one way. And to do this, the way I'd love us to approach this this morning is to look firstly at why we might be experiencing silence and then move into how we can respond to this silence. So firstly, let's look together at why we might feel like we're experiencing silence from a God who is relational and conversational, from a God who loves us and is omnipresent? Well, logically, there can only be two reasons why we'd be experiencing silence. Firstly, because God simply isn't speaking to us. Logically, firstly, the reason would be because God isn't speaking to us. And secondly, God is speaking to us, but we cannot hear him. Logically, they are the only two reasons why we may be experiencing silence from God. So I want to look at those two things together. I want to look at God not speaking to us and us not hearing God. So let's look first at God isn't speaking to us. And before we start unpacking this, I just wanted to say that lots of my study on this topic has come from reading two books, God on Mute by Pete Gregg and Hearing God by Dallas Willard. And these books have been brilliant resources. So if you want to go deeper into this topic, then I'd suggest that you have a look at those books. Hearing God in particular has had a massive impact in the way I understand the nature of God speaking to us. That's Hearing God by Dallas Willard. So why God, let's look at why God may not be speaking to us. Well, firstly, I want to point out that whilst we know that God loves to interact with us and he longs for relationship with us and he is ever present among us, the Bible doesn't portray him as a God who constantly speaks. In Exodus, the Israelites were in slavery for years and years and eventually After 430 years of crying out to God, he finally responds. says this, the Lord said, I have have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers and I'm concerned about their suffering. It took God 430 years before he answered 
the cries of the Israelites, until he answered the cries of those in slavery. And it's important, firstly, to note that it doesn't tell us that he was completely silent for 430 years. God might have been and probably was speaking to individuals throughout that time. But it took God 430 years for him to respond to their cries for freedom. Eugene Peterson, who translated the Bible into uh, the message uh, translation, was struck as he was doing this and reading through the Bible that God uses those that he was seemingly absent from in incredible ways. He says this, the story in which God does his saving work arises among a people whose primary experience of God is absence. God does his saving work amongst the people whose primary experience of God was absence. And if we're taking what Eugene Peterson is saying, then there's a clear question that needs to be asked. Why? Because surely it's not a coincidence that it's found in many places throughout scriptures that Eugene Peterson has noticed that throughout the Bible, God's saving work often comes after a time of absence. Well, it seems that sometimes God uses silence as a form of preparation, as a means to help one grow. Any parent knows that there are moments in your child's life where you need to allow them to make their own decisions without you in order that they would mature. And similarly, there seems to be seasons in our lives that God may stay quiet in order that we would mature and grow. But the Bible assures us that though though God may stay quiet, He never leaves or forsakes us. When God is silent, he is not absent, even if it feels like he is. Martin Luther argued that God withdraws and falls silent in order to draw us into a deeper relationship with him that's only possible when we move beyond merely outward experiences. And if Luther is right in saying that, then the silence and the unknown seasons are essential for us to go deeper in our relationship with God. One of the reasons God, God's silence brings us deeper into relationship with him is that God made me, is that God, in, 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 pulling himself away and not speaking to us in seeming silent, God brings us to a place where we need to seek him rather than simply seek his voice. Because when our primary goal is to hear God's voice rather than relationship with him, then God may need to take away our ability to hear him in order that our priorities will realign so that when he does speak to us again, we will hear him correctly and be able to respond. Because God speaking to us 
is intended to develop into a deep relationship with him held together by love. That's why he speaks to us. There may be seasons in our lives that God takes away our ability to hear, where it seems like God doesn't speak to us so often, so that we may grow and mature in him, that we may go deeper into relationship with him. But I do want to suggest this morning that whilst this may be the case for seasons, and we see this at times in scripture and in our own experiences, often the reason we experience silence is simply because we cannot hear God when he speaks. So the first reason we may uh, experience silence is because God is not speaking to us, But I want to suggest the main reason we may experience silence is because we simply can't hear God. God speaks in all kinds of ways. But often, not only do we expect God to speak to us through divine instruction, but we also limit God uh, to speaking to us in divine instruction that uses audible voice. Our approach to God's divine instruction can sometimes be a bit like playing a game of hide and seek. And when we're trying to find someone, only looking in one room. Sometimes the person you're looking for may be hiding in that room and you'll find them. But you're limiting your chances of finding them each time. Likewise, if you're only open to God speaking to you in one way, whether that's an audible voice or through scripture or through guidance or any other way, you may occasionally hear God speak to you, but you'll limit your opportunities to hear him. So to help us understand how we can hear God, it makes sense for us to look at some of the ways that God may be speaking to us. And one of the main ways that God speaks to us is through scripture. The Bible's not only about God, but breathed on by God. As a result, we can expect God to reveal things to us and to speak to us through the text. Throughout the Bible, there are instructions from God on how to live our lives. And it speaks sometimes into certain situations that we might find ourselves in. And whilst it does this, whilst it gives us instructions, whilst it speaks to us about our lives and speaks to us through breathing on the text, the Bible isn't the only way or the only method that God uses to speak to us, which is great because it means we don't need to uh, play Bible roulette every time we need God to speak to us. We don't need to open the Bible up at a random page and hope that speaks into our specific situation. Because trust me, some of those pages, when you're looking for advice, you do not want to open onto. Our faith and our reverence in the Bible cannot blind us to the need of personal divine instruction and guidance. Within the principles of the Bible, yet beyond the details of what it explicitly says. So in addition to the Bible, how else does God speak? 
Well, there are two categories that we t- uh, when we talk about God speaking. Divine guidance and divine instruction. Divine guidance is more like the behind the scenes work. We often talk about God opening and closing doors, which is essentially the behind the scenes work in guiding us through life and helping to put us on the right track. Divine instruction, however, is when God steps in and gives us specific instructions in order that we would follow his will and build a relationship with him. Divine instruction takes place in many ways. For example, dreams and visions or a small uh, whisper. But what does it look like to receive this from God? What does it look like to receive divine instruction from God? Well, whilst there are examples of people who God literally spoke to in a loud, audible voice, Hearing God can often take slightly more faith, more tuning, more careful listening. We read in 1 Kings 19, Elijah, who has been led to stand on a mountain and wait to hear from God, wait for God's presence. And I think this is a really important little passage for us to see how God uh, interacts with us. So let's pick up 1 Kings 19 from verse 11 and see what happens. It says this. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went and stood at the mouth of the cave. The expectation set in this passage is that God will reveal himself and will speak to Elijah in the powerful wind, in the earthquake or in the fire. But instead, he reveals his presence and his voice to Elijah in the small, still voice, in the whisper. Our expectation of God can often be that he'll shake us, he'll shout at us, and he'll stop us in our tracks in order to address us. And he can do that because we see that in the life of Paul, for example. On the road to Damascus, God did quite literally exactly that. But often it's in the whisper that he wants to communicate with us. I love the message translation uh, of Psalm 81, where David says, I hear this most gentle whisper from one I never guessed would speak to me. I hear this most gentle whisper from one I never guessed would speak to me. Often it's the whisper that God uses to communicate with us. The thought he pops in our head, the whisper in our spirit. If you're only looking in the earthquake, fire and powerful wind, you might just miss it. And I guess the question that I've always asked myself anyway is, why does God use the whisper? 
Why doesn't God reveal himself more obviously? Why doesn't he speak to us more in the earthquake, in the loud voice, in the fire? Well, I'd suggest that it's to help us to seek him and not simply to seek the experience of his voice. Because he speaks to us to deepen relationship and he speaks to us through the whisper because faith is involved. If God always announced himself, hear thee, hear thee, the Lord God Almighty speaking to you right now, three, two, one. If he did that every time he spoke, we wouldn't need to have any faith when we heard the voice of God. Instead, he whispers. And in whispering, he encourages us to lean into him, to hear him speak. Him whispering means we might miss it if we're expecting a shout, but it also means that we might miss it if we don't recognise his voice. Because we live busy lives, we live noisy lives. And amongst that, we'll only hear a familiar voice. I don't know if you've ever been in a tube station or in a packed cafe or concert and you just hear a voice that you recognise. It's no louder than any other, but you recognise the voice because you spend loads of time. Maybe it's a family member or a friend. And amongst all the voices, you recognise that one familiar one. Jesus said, my sheep will know my voice but we'll only know his voice if we are his sheep. We'll only know his voice from being in his presence. The more time we spend with him, the more we'll recognise his voice. So although divine interaction, divine instruction, seems to be the more exciting way to hear God's voice, even then we still need to be ready, prepared and willing to hear him speak in this way. So God can guide us, help put us on the right track by opening and closing doors and putting people in our lives to speak to us and interact with us. And God can talk to us, give us specific direction through a dream, vision or whisper. And sometimes God in doing this is speaking to give us direction And sometimes it's to encourage, to deepen our relationship with him or to give us something to share with someone else, to encourage someone else. But often when we're really wanting God to speak to us, it's because the former. We want direction. And this also can be one of the reasons that we feel like God isn't speaking to us because we've asked God to make a decision for us to tell us what job we should take who we should marry whether we should move towns and house and God does sometimes speak into those situations I know this because it happened to me in coming here God spoke to me through a whisper and gave me directions gave me my next step but God doesn't always answer us in these situations 
In fact, often God's answer to us in these situations is, I trust you to make the decision. And whatever you choose, I will be with you. We sometimes look for God to give us mechanical guidance, the kind of guidance that's involved in driving a car or changing uh, the channel on the TV. But God, when he interacts with us, almost always works in personal guidance. Personal guidance is the teamwork between the person being guided and the guider. It considers our individual uniqueness. God doesn't want to coerce us into following his will, but instead wants to have a relationship with us that influences our decisions. And because of this, God wants to teach us to make the decisions that he would make. And it makes sense because if our journey of faith is about becoming more like Jesus and learning to have the mind of Christ, then we can be trusted to make decisions that are pleasing to him. I think this is a big part of what Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians 2, 15 to 16, where he says, The person with the spirit makes judgment about all things. But such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Dallas Willard, in his book, Hearing God, that I've been reading, said this. A co-worker sees what needs to be done and simply does it. We become so close to God that we do not need to wait to hear his words. In many cases, I need to wonder about or be told what God wants in a certain situation is a clear indication of how little we are engaged in his work. And I'm not saying this quote to shame you for seeking uh, guidance from God in a certain situation, to seek to know what God's saying, what God wants, because clearly that's a good thing. To seek God's will is a great thing. But I'm sharing that quote to encourage you that God's transformation of us through the spirit he puts inside of us allows us to have the mind of Christ and to make decisions that God would make if he was us. So what can our faith look like in a time of silence and how can we respond to the time of silence? Well, firstly, we can have faith that God is still with us. If you're in a season where you can't hear God, remind yourself he is still with you. God doesn't promise to constantly speak to us, but he does promise that he will always be with us. It might be that God is preparing and maturing you during this time. So maybe silence is an incentive to spend more time with him, more time in his word, and maybe more time dressing yourself in the armour of God and preparing yourself for what's to come. Remember that it was in God's absence that came before some of God's most saving work. God's absence came before some of God's most saving work. Silence can be an opportunity and an invitation to grow deeper into relationship with him. So firstly, we can have faith that God's still with us. Secondly, we can have faith that silence is just for a season. 
God longs for a relationship with you. And he speaks to us in order that that relationship can go deeper. He loves us and longs for us to lean on his love. And because of that truth, clearly God wants to communicate to us. Yes, there might be seasons where he takes away our ability to hear him, but it would only ever be for a season. So if you're in one of those seasons of silence, keep your ears open and expect God to speak to you. God speaks in so many ways, but if we aren't listening, we might not hear his whisper. Tune in to him. Spend time in silence listening and expecting him to talk. Long to hear his voice, not for the sake of hearing his voice, but for the sake of growing deeper in a relationship with him. Deeper in relationship with the God who speaks. Don't be disheartened, but instead be motivated and excited that God who created the world will be speaking to you directly very soon. Prepare yourself spiritually so that when he speaks again, you'll be ready to listen and ready to respond. So we could have faith that God is still with us. We could have faith that silence is just for a season. And finally, faith that God trusts you with your decisions. If you're in a a season of silence or simply God isn't giving you the answer to the question that you're constantly asking him, Trust the process. Trust that God is shaping, transforming and sanctifying you by his spirit that he's placed within you. The spirit who's in all followers of him that gives us the mind of Christ that will be able to make the decisions that Christ would make if he was living our lives. Psalm 32 verse 9 says, Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by brit and bridle. God's will is not about micromanaging us, but to mature us into people that seek him in everything. So if you're having a season of silence, let me encourage you to have faith that God is still with you. To have faith that silence is only for a season. And to have faith that God trusts you with your decisions. And if you haven't already made a commitment to follow Jesus or you haven't heard God speak to you before, I want to encourage you to seek God and listen out for his voice speaking to you this morning. God speaks in so many different ways, but we often fill our lives with busyness and noise that we miss it. So let me challenge you this morning, if you feel comfortable, to try this week spending two minutes every single day that start with the prayer, God speak to me. And what follows is sitting and listening. God speaks to us because he longs for a relationship with us. Let's pray. God, thank you that you are God that speaks. And thank you that you want a relationship with us. You want to go deep into relationship with us because you love us. And Lord, I pray that we will be people that can hear your voice.
and respond to it. Lord, we don't want to be people that need to be micromanaged, but people that have a mind of Christ and is able to make the decisions that you would make in our situation. So we pray that your spirit will work deeply in us and will give us the mind of Christ. So we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to contact us about this talk, to hear more or find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at WhitRiverside.